What's happening, weirdos? Oh, we're doing the intro, huh? Val's on her phone. Who gives a fuck? Who gives a fuck? I'm starting, I mean. I'm into it. This is one of my... I think I said when we finished, I was like, that's my favorite episode. Yeah, you did say that. And, I mean, they're all sort of my favorites, but this one was incredible. And we answered some questions, and we got into it, and I loved it. And uh, thank you. And the poem at the end is my favorite poem we've ever read. Yeah. So, other than Val's, of course, but my favorite guest poem that we've ever read. We even talk about one of our sponsors. In the ad, in the episode, oh, yeah, which right is at the top. Ned. Ned is a Ned. wellness brand rooted in the belief that we can all feel better and live better through simple means and a deeper connection to the natural world. They are making incredible, incredible CBD. I was just on the phone today with their founder, and we were talking at length about how hard it was for him to find the right grower of CBD. He went all over the country driving on back roads. He couldn't find uh, products that were, weren't like also with rows and rows, hundreds of acres of uh, GMO corn, and also here's some here's some hemp. He finally found like the grooviest guy it sounds in the world that was only growing hemp. Is his name Ned? No, the company's named Ned. Uh, and the farmer is also not named Ned. But they named it Ned to make it accessible so it doesn't have to be like. Ooh, like CBD, like trying to make it more like a beauty product, something you can give your mom. It's in a beautiful package that looks more like a beauty product, uh, which is making it just more and more accessible, which makes me so happy. So he found this really cool guy that was just growing hemp. He plays it music. He's all about the soil, worm beds, and like just really cares about it and into it. And this is the only hemp they use. Everything is third-party, lab-reported. You can find the on the bottle is the coordinates of the farm where it was grown. Ooh. They cold extract it. It's unbelievable. Grown in Colorado. They sent me a bunch of it. The CBD has no other flavor, just MCT oil because it's so pure. It tastes super clean. And as I mentioned in this episode... So I woke up this morning with just like a malaise and I took some CBD. Your brain has those cannabinoid receptors built in. Sometimes it feels like exactly what I needed to either focus up and work, ease into and commit to what I'm trying to do, or just help me relax and de-stress. This is just me speaking anecdotally. I'm saying it puts like a smile behind my face. Like whether or not I'm smiling, I Mm. feel a smile kind of glowing from inside. It doesn't get you high. It's not like weed in that way. It's almost sub-perceptual. If you take a small amount, it is sub-perceptual. But you definitely feel this mood elevation, this stress-reducing. I call CBD my happy juice, and Ned is making the best that I've ever tried. It doesn't, I already said it doesn't get you stoned. Sorry, now I'm looking at the script. (laughs) They also make an incredible new magnesium super blend called Mellow. Which I love. We both love. It's 75% of Americans are deficient in magnesium. Mm. This stuff has several types of magnesium that help with focus, productivity, and relaxation. I told the story on Wednesday that for the first time in years, I fell asleep in under five minutes because I had some Mellow before bed. Mm -hmm. But it also... I took it this morning and is really great to help you just, first of all, you're missing it. You need it. Yeah. He was telling me, the founder was telling me all about how like magnesium is something we give older people, but it's like a young person's thing. Mm-hmm. He runs ultra marathons. He said it was wonderful for recovery, for yeah. performance and all of these. Of course, this is a, a, an essential thing that human bodies need. It tastes great. 
You put it in water, you drink it down, and I love what it's doing for my body. Not just relaxing, but also just mellowing out, as you would expect from a product called Mellow, but also focus and productivity. It supports over 300 body functions, magnesium. Wow. Three, so it's in charge of 300 functions, over 300 in the body. Uh, so get some Mellow in you. And if you like CBD, I highly, highly recommend Ned. Uh, it is wonderful. So you can show your support of this podcast and try either one or both of these products. Go to helloned.com slash weird or enter weird at checkout for 15% off your one-time purchase or 20% off your first subscription order. I definitely recommend the subscription because I'm going through it pretty fast. That's helloned.com slash weird for 15% off your first time purchase if you use promo code weird or go to slash weird or 20% off your first subscription order. So happy to be working with Ned and Co. Check it, check it, check it out. Also, Living Libations, one of our mainstays. Mm -hmm. We are a Living Libations family. I love their products. These are high-end, high-powered, wonderful, effective skin, hair, dental, beauty products that are made with ingredients that you will recognize. They are natural. They are wonderful. They are not crammed with toxins linked to disease and uh, levels of toxicity ever intended for humans, certainly not to be slathered all over your skin and get into your blood system. So I realized years ago I was eating food very carefully, wanting to eat clean, recognize the ingredients, but I was being very reckless with my skincare until I found out about living libations. Uh, as you guys know by now, I use their ginger exfoliating scrub, which is the most badass, powerful exfoliant I've ever used. I use that before I shave. makes a huge difference. And when I shave, I use their Zen Shave, which is such a clean and natural shaving balm. They can actually use a dab of it as aftershave. It just gets absorbed right into your skin, and you'll recognize the ingredients. At night, we use their Best Skin Ever Moisturizer. Smells great, feels great, gets your skin looking great. Great little ritual to end the day. Whatever your face needs, Living Libations is a great way to show your support. They have lots of little things. They have bigger things. If you just want to show us some love, chances are they have a uh, nice replacement for something you're already using. Your skin, your face, your body, your eyes, your teeth, even babies. We got Leela on their sunblock, which I love using so much more to use a sunblock that I recognize the the minerals and, and, and the oils in it as opposed to just hastily spraying her with something I bought at a convenience store. Uh, I promise you Living Libations has a premium, natural, and wonderful product to replace the random chemical nightmare they sell at 7-Eleven. And you can show your support of this podcast. Go to livinglibations.com and use promo code WEIRD at checkout for 20% off. That's livinglibations.com, promo code WEIRD for 20% off and show your support of this podcast. All right, guys. I'm excited for you to hear this. Lovely to be with you. And have this time, Valerie. Oh, you didn't say the promo code. I'm sorry. Weird. <laughs> yep, for both. For Ned and Living Libations, it's... Weird. <laughs> and you can say... We weird? Oh, what? <laughs> get, in, oh. get into it. <laughs> I'm being weird. Uh, get into it. Nice. Okay. I feel so calm. <laughs> this, is... <laughs> this is the first podcast we've ever done where I'm like sitting here going like... I'm good. This is you're gonna. I'm really <clears throat> very excited to see how how this one goes because something happens like as soon as no matter what 
mood or headspace you're in, I feel like, before the podcast. It goes away because we start recording. You just click record and you, like, turn into mania land. Right. I know. And you're sitting here right now. <laughs> just totally. With your arms folded. <laughs> but, like, not in a harumph way and, like, a, nope. I just want to hug my bod way. I just want to hug my bod. I was just, like, tra- sifting through questions like blabbing and boring to you. Not blabbing and boring, but making me wonder, do any of these sound fun to answer? Mm-hmm. And like, honestly, a lot of them, I was like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's asking about this and I'm like, yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. Well, which is okay. Yeah. And I, I think obviously there's a, there's a great deal of uh, pretension when you're like, bring us your questions and I think we've done a good job of trying to not imply that we have answers. We just like talking about what's on y'all mind. Yeah, but we do get kind of high on our horses sometimes. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah. It's certainly fun. Um, uh, but ahead. yeah, but yeah, I, I just, all I've been doing today, it's uh, Thursday, May 20th. <laughs> just in case any time travelers arrived, it's 2021. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they put on a podcast. Just to kind of get reacquainted with their surroundings. Now go find clothes. Because if there's one thing we know, if you time travel, you got to go naked. Uh, because the body can come, but not a flannel. <laughs> okay, listen. I'm finding it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yes, you start uh, to say all you've been doing today is, is sitting, sitting in, in the, the hammock in the sun. I started with Alan Watts. I was listening to old Allie Watts. Which I loved, which, by the way, one of my favorite things that he says in his first lecture on the series, it's called You're It, is the series. He says, like, first of all, I'm not a teacher. I'm not a guru. Just like a a stream running down a mountain, uh, that's just doing its thing. And I'm just doing what I enjoy. And I really feel like that's hopefully the spirit that we have here. Yeah. I like talking. (laughs) I like talking about these things. And if somebody comes and drinks, that's great. Somebody comes and poops in it. That's fine, too. Uh, we're just doing what we like. We're yeah. Like talking and thinking about these things. That's it. But I was listening That's to it. Alan, and then I listened to Michael Gunger's podcast, Loving This, which was great. And then I listened to Eki Tolls. And I am just like, I feel like specifically margarine. You know how margarine gets more melty than butter? It's yeah. Because like, it's not supposed to be. Yeah, yeah. It take it just melts like quicker. It melts quick. It's like I'm oil. Yeah, like I'm oil. let's Nick stop no kidding yourself. I'm oil, and yeah. I'm gonna be oil as soon as you put me on anything, even a little bit warm. Butter's like, bitch. We butter. We churned and churned. We churned. I churned too hard. I churned too hard and too damn long oh, to just undo on your toast. Yeah, Nils the Amish boy churned me way too long. <laughs> I think all butter is made by the Amish. That is preposterous. That I, is preposterous. I also think, well, no, I think you're right. I don't think all butter is made by the Amish, but I think all, all butter, Amish make butter. <laughs> yes. Oh. And all churned, like hand churned butter hand is churned. made by the Amish. Yeah. A hand, you churn in some butter is also one of the funniest ways to ask somebody if they were just masturbating. You churn, were you churning some butter in there? Ew. <laughs> oh, I didn't think the butter was, <laughs> I just thought the churning action. Oh. I'm with you. Like butter <laughs> is gross. <laughs> 
Look, I'm eco groovy, man. I'm yeah, eco groovy. You'll take it all. It's all good under so, the yeah, sun. And I, you're... It's all good under the sun today, <laughs> baby. I'm just having a great day, which is so funny because yesterday I did James Corden's television show, <laughs> and on the ride home, I just got like that, like completely involuntary, unnecessary anxiety mm-hmm. that I that I haven't missed. I'm just. What? I just have also two things that I'm laughing about. One, I'm remembering that you took CBD this morning, which you never take in the morning. Not always. <laughs> okay. No, that's Maybe. true. I haven't taken CBD in the morning in a very long time. And shout out to Ned, our new CBD uh, wonderful sponsor. Uh, it solved what my problem I, that, that's that's a weird thing to say. We don't want to say that like your solutions. Your like we're all about finding the solutions inside. Yes, but meditating. for today in this moment. for today, I did. I slept enough. I woke up. I meditated. I was feeling pretty okay, but I couldn't shake the desire to look at my phone. Mm-hmm. Like, what are people thinking about the late night appearance? Which I, I'm not just saying this falsely. Mm-hmm. I usually don't care that much. Mm-hmm. But it's been over a year. Yeah. I did it. I was like, was that... And by the way, the people that did write in that said, like... Somebody just wrote, like, that was a solid interview. I'm like, who is this Robin Hood of, of niceness? Oh, yeah, that's I want to say what his name is. Robin Hood move. His name like, was C-H-W-Y. He wrote me such a solid interview. Great Aww. job. I was like, wow. As, as weird as trolls or whatever you want to... Haters can be. I understand their impulse, too. Uh, that they just want to like kind of lash out, feel something, mm-hmm. hurt somebody else because you're hurting is one of the possibilities. I'm not saying it's always the possibility. Yeah. But if I'm in a real sour mood, I'm more likely to sarcastically tweet back at one of my friends something sort of like, really? Or whatever. Yeah. So that's how I can relate to that. Uh, but the people that like just go on to be like, solid interview. Like not nothing like... Just a compliment. Yeah. Just a pure margarine. I just keep making the same comparison. <laughs> just, just a quick melting compliment. You think of is buttery. I just want buttery. You feel buttery. But uh, the other reason it, I was that laughing. was so nice. Oh yeah. Oh, sorry. No. What? What? The other reason you were laughing was just that you are like sitting really calmly. Yeah, you're talking and you're not moving your arms very much. I know. And you never do that. You're this very, is very weird. Gestural. I just want to. I'm seeing the price, and it's not a—it's not too much of a price. But like going to Corden, I love doing that show. Mm-hmm. I think James is great. I love seeing Reggie Watts. I love seeing Nick Bernstein. Mm-hmm. It's just a wonderful place to go. It was a little bit different because of COVID. Uh, it's still pretty shut down. But you see, you're firing up your showbiz persona. Mm-hmm. And the price of that, again, it's a fair price. Mm. You want to be a, a special boy and wear your stupid suit and be funny and whatever it is and feel cool. The price is on the ride home. You go. And for me, it's not, was I not funny? We all know I was. I'm just kidding. <laughs> that's debatable. But that that's sort of subjective. If I feel like I was funny to me, I feel okay about that. Yeah. But I'll start going like, shit, I could have been more excited more kind i could have like we talked about the new show on cbs i could have mentioned mark gross who Mm -hmm. wrote it or katie lowes who's playing my wife or shy mcbride all these other great people like so i felt like this is my point is the brain 
especially when it's very activated, mm-hmm. when it's very alive, when it's when I, and I'm all for being alive, but when the thinking mind specifically mm-hmm. has tons of coal to burn, it wants to worry in my yeah. experience. Yeah, absolutely. And that was one of the things my homeboy Eki Tolls was talking about today. Now my arms are off the chair. If you can't tell that I'm finding my excitement, but like he was saying, or actually it was Alan Watts. Alan Watts was saying, there's lots of ways that we have to cope with reality mm-hmm. and with the fact that we die and all these different things and there's bad things and stressful things. He's like, the most common is like, I'll get money and I'll get powerful. So money and power. Mm. But he's like, what you see, if you do find money and power, and I've certainly witnessed this with like the people that we know that are super, super, super well off. They're just like you and me, meaning they find new shit to worry about. Yep. Most yes. often recycling. Mm. I, I've noticed with, <laughs> with the uber rich they become obsessed with recycling. Really? I'm telling you multiple examples of people that are worth tens of millions of dollars that get very passionate about like uh, peeling a label off a pickle jar. <laughs> like So you throw out the label and recycle the jar. Because that energy, mm. and Alan Watts was saying this, doesn't go anywhere. Mm. You And Eki Tolls makes the same point. You get all the money or you get all the power. Now you worry about dying or you worry about getting sick or you worry about the IRS uh, accusing you of something or putting you in jail for something. Or losing your money. Or just simply losing it or managing it poorly. Mm -hmm. Like, like I I can relate to that. It's an interesting thing when you start to make enough money that you have money to give. And then you have a friend that's like in a tough spot. And believe it or not, more often than not, I feel like I've fudged the punch, as my Mm -hmm. friend Josh Cheney says, uh, when I give them money. Because like then it's like the power dynamics fucked. So this is why they talk about money being an interesting karma. So you know, yeah. mo money, mo problems, as, they, as the as the Buddha said. That was the Buddha, right? <laughs> yeah. Any who's a woozle, I. The, so the anxiety is a fair price, but it, it was like I really was seeing how it was a, a kink, as we've been talking about, uh-huh. and an addiction. And I couldn't just drive home and go like, that was fun. I was going like, I could have done this. I could have done that. So when I woke up, and this is a great hope to all. Sure, I hope. Sure, CBD helped. Mm -hmm. Because I woke up and I felt like that malaise Mm -hmm. that I can feel. And the malaise is when you do show business and it doesn't solve all your problems. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. When you are a special boy and you wake up the next day and you're just like, oh, God, no. Like... Mm. And and I don't care. Most of the people listening are probably not in show business. The malaise comes from doing the thing mm-hmm. and not having it feel, even though I've done it a million times, it still never exactly feels like I maybe wanted it or hoped that it might feel. Yeah. Even though it was great fun, certainly not on anybody at the show. So you wake up and you feel in the ballpark of depressed. Take a little CBD. That was after I meditated. Meditating helped. CBD definitely helped. And then the decision to sit in a hammock and listen to Alan Watts was, I don't know, I'm margarine, baby. I'm just absolute margarine. And I like this story for this podcast because it, it speaks to that choice where you go like, I know there's something, and maybe that's what people are doing listening to this podcast. I'd be very touched if that, if this is their check-in as so many people have told me Mm -hmm. that it is that like, it's a beautiful thing. Like when I would go to yoga that say like you did it you got to your mat that's mm. the hardest part yeah. and for me the hardest part is it doesn't have to be in a hammock but sitting down and reading that book that you know that fills you up mm. 
dude, now I'm on a tear. But I all my dreams last night was such a huge evidence. It was such a, a, a plethora. Would you say I have a plethora of evidence <laughs> mm-hmm. that everything we see in the day is what we are? Yeah, I was having, <laughs> I was having those kinds of dreams too. Really? Yeah, I was just Get like, out of here. am I just reliving the day? It's all there. Yeah. I mean, the last Facebook post you looked at, the last email you read, the People last... People from baby music class were in my That's, dreams. Dude, I'm telling you. That was me too. So the theory, there's lots of fun, groovy theories that dreams are like astral travel or spiritual messages. And I'm certainly a believer in that Mm -hmm. or the potential of that. And I've certainly experienced that. Last night was just like, all right, let's defrag the hard drive. Show him baby music class and that weird interaction he had. Show him Mm -hmm. his set two nights ago. Show him those emails and those texts. And, And I got an email from Ern. Remember, people know Ern, my childhood friend. I'm with Ern and I'm back at my grade school because in the email he mentioned CFS, which is where I went to grade school. And I'm just back at CFS and I'm like, wow, the shed looks the same. And I'm like, as soon as I woke up, I was like, fuck, what we consume Mm -hmm. is what we are. It's not just what you are, what you eat. It's you are what you everything. Yeah. And it can sort of be an impediment to uh, the, the subtle bliss of silent still being Mm. that is in my opinion if you can get there uh the best one in town yeah because the rest of the otherwise you're just like you have too much to process to appreciate the hum of the hard drive (laughs) yeah you know what i'm saying absolutely and what's weird is that it is like we are oftentimes okay first i do want to acknowledge like it is a privilege to be able to to have so much time for self-care. Like, I know a lot of people are working so much and have so much other stuff that, like, a day in the sun in the hammock is like, yeah, if Dude, I could do that, that's I would. Me, but that's the reason, sorry, just to that, because I'm with you. Mm-hmm. I'm also often, most of the time, one of those people. But even the weekend, it's difficult to not have a day mm-hmm. filled with a bunch of stuff. Yeah. So when I saw that today, I did have one call today. Mm-hmm. It was at 11. And then I was like, at 11.15, I'm done. And I have to read. We happen to have a cheap Amazon hammock in our small backyard. So if you're picturing me on the rolling slopes of Malibu, <laughs> this is pretty basic. Yeah. And it, it just happened that my Saturday was on a Thursday. Yeah. And yeah. my Saturday, this Saturday, is not a Saturday. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. So I want to relate to those folks. Um, but also what I was going to say is we do tend to, you know, most often unconsciously fill our days and our lives with stuff where like you even you know go to the bathroom and we pause whatever we're watching and i pick up my phone oh dude there's just no moment no still moment that's what i tweeted before i got in the zone Mm -hmm. i tweeted have you ever had full-on oh my god where is my phone anxiety two seconds after you slip it into your pocket (laughs) yeah and i made it a survey and both choices were yes that's great because i'm just like it's it's a this is no new ground here it's an insane addiction and like oh uh, yeah and because i was at a deficit because i went to the hardware store for milk yeah and again this has nothing to do with the late late show i went to the late late show thinking it would make me feel a certain way that's the hardware store for milk and it didn't work so just like an idiot 
you go back to the same resource. You're like, well, I'll win it back. My friend Nate Craig had a great bet. I thought about it yesterday. He was like, if you win it at the tables in Vegas, Mm -hmm. don't win it back at the buffet. I've said that to you before because mm-hmm. you told me there was a Friends episode like that. Uh-huh. I always think don't win it back at the buffet because that's what I tried to do. So I didn't get exactly the feeling. Mm. So then I go, well, okay, I'll just start posting a lot. Like, look at my Instagram if you want. Yeah. I, I'm, not, I'm really not asking, but if you want evidence of this. Yeah. I posted three, four pictures today and yesterday. Yeah. Just sort of what we call thirsty. Just kind yeah. of going like for that... Well, dopamine. I didn't get it because there was no crowd at the show. Maybe I'll get the dopamine this way. Yeah. And I'm glad that it's resolved that I can go like, really, this is boring. I'm a snooze. The CBD helped me just turn the brain down a little bit. Yeah. And then the putting the good stuff in. It's almost like I had this like mayonnaise jar filled with swamp water mm-hmm. one quarter of the way full. The CBD put like a film on top of that. Mm. And then the Alan Watts and the Eckhart Tolle was, was pouring like honey, like beautiful yeah. honey. And they weren't, it was, and it was almost like the swamp water was, it's probably still there in my subconscious here, but like it's gone. It wasn't a part of the equation anymore. And that's yeah. a story of hope. That's what I'm happy to share. There's a, a mayonnaise malaise joke here, but you're the. Comedian. I had a man, the manlaise, manlaise. <laughs> or a malaise mayonnaise. By the way, puh puh. You and your brother, both Cheneys, are like deep funny. What? You know how there's like deep fake and you're like, Aww. is that Tom Cruise? You guys are like deep funny. Aww. And I, I was just, who was I saying this to? But I was like, I think it must be just sort of like an obnoxious trope when a comedian is married to a non-comedian and they're always going on about how you're funnier and like super, like, but it's like frustrating to have to pole vault that trope to be like no you're like legit funny so papa you sweet love your true talent um thank you for that i oh we haven't been recording (laughs) shit well we can't recreate that magic um (laughs) (laughs) i like a nice chilled but also fast talking episode oh you didn't mean the whole episode i I, know i was just saying that i think it was really great you're a fun friend. Um, I was I, what I was saying about the like we fill our lives with all of this stuff mm. is it's one of the those frustrating life paradoxes where we're filling our lives usually unconsciously to avoid something or or to try and feel a certain way, and we only can feel that way. In like stillness. That's right. And and how many times do so I have to learn further that? away from that, dude? It's just like how you're if you're feeling an extreme emotion. Of course, uh, your natural instinct is to resist that emotion, mm-hmm. and the only way to find peace from that emotion is to lean into perfection it and love it. Okay, so I called Michael today, Michael Gunger, because his podcast, which is called "Look at What I Can Do." which is also the name of his new single, which is great. Anyway, it was so great. I called him afterwards and we started talking about existential kink a little bit and also what you're talking about. So I was resisting a feeling of deficit and then I'm trying to win it back at the buffet. Yep. Again, Nate Craig, very funny comedian. So um, he was talking about, we were talking about leaning into the shadow Mm-hmm. and not being afraid of our scary feelings. Mm-hmm. Again, to your point, which you've mentioned the last couple episodes, I thought it today. I was like, even my euphoria 
90 seconds. Mm-hmm. This too shall pass. This too shall pass. There's a great freedom yep. in just slaloming, like skiing, mm-hmm. and just kind of appreciating, but not clinging to anything. Mm-hmm. And there's really beautiful to that. But anyway, so I, what am I doing? I'm afraid of overthinking. I'm afraid of the sensation I get when I'm like, fuck. They brought up Smallwood. I should have said, man, what a great script. What a great cat. Like, I just should have passed the love to the other people. Yeah. And I started to feel, like, embarrassed that I just was like, yeah, well, I play Tom. and Which, of course, by the way, that's yeah. what you're supposed to do. Yes. That's what he asked. He said, who are you playing? Yes. So my brain just wanted to worry. Yep. So it starts churning up all this, like, 9-volt licking, 9-volt battery, negative, anxiety, weird dread energy. Yeah. So Michael said this and Emily his his friend said this to him. I don't know Emily's last name. But um Capshaw probably. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She said when you're in a room, picture yourself in a small room. Mm-hmm. There's a candle. If you move closer to the light, the room actually gets darker. Wow. Because you are casting this huge shadow and you're blocking the light. But if you go the other way into the shadow, The room gets brighter. Wow. Get in my car. We're going to Disneyland. (laughs) And I said to that. so cool. And I said to Michael, this is real juice, by the way. I love having conversations like this. And I was so grateful for him as a friend. I was like, it's like the Zen, the Buddhists say, Zen Buddhists, in archery, you want the arrow to hit the target. To get it there, you move it away from the target. Uh So pulling the bow back. And then you have to let go of the thing. This is what Michael added. So the thing that's giving you control, mm. to get it where it needs to go, you have to let go. Yes. So there's moving in the opposite. So there's counterintuitive, there's paradox and surrender all in a bow shot. But oh. that, that candle one is That candle is one the is ship. everything. That's I the love ship. that. Also, I was just thinking about this because I was so tired this morning that we just had a straight up TV morning solidarity for any parents out there yeah we just like woke up just threw on the immediately threw on yep uh jason statham jason statham movies (laughs) and just picked whatever i mean i like jason statham movies it was finding nemo which it arguably is the jason statham movies nemo because there's so much peril and there's like scary monsters, and I was just like, "This is fine for six forty-five in the morning." Yeah, um, and I don't feel bad about it. It was what was needed. Hey, your brother just texted. Serendipity. Wow. Um, Wait, is this live? <laughs> oh my god. WKBBCL. Ooh. Oh. Um, but we were watching Finding Nemo, and they're in the whale's mouth. And it's like his lowest point where they had just gotten so close to getting... Notes of Jonah. Yeah. To getting to Nemo and then they get swallowed by a whale and he can't... He's trying to make it out of the mouth. He can't. So he's trying to go out the obvious way, the way that he came in. Yeah. And he can't do it. And she's talking to the whale that he doesn't believe that she can talk to the whale and the tongue goes up and they're hanging on. Yeah, I, yep. You know, well, I know, you know. I'm just no, 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 <laughs> just get to the point. I'm just kidding. I'm joking. I, I'm making fun of myself because I did forget for a second that we're, we're recording a podcast because I'm like, Val, I've seen this a thousand times. <laughs> yes. Just tell me. Go ahead. Why are you? First of all, why aren't you looking at me? You sort of keep looking at the microphone. Like, this is, why am I facing a microphone? Let's just talk. Just talk to me. <laughs> Can't we even talk anymore? Oh, right. Garage band is open. 
Hit it. Um, so they're hanging on to the taste buds and <laughs> and the which whale. Which is Joe DeRosa's podcast, which is a must listen. Oh my God, it is so good. I, oh, I thought you were going to be mad I interrupted, but taste buds. I mean, I am a little bit, but you're right. <laughs> It's it the so funniest spot. It's just they debate food. Keep going. It's so funny. It's the Joe. It's like Joe in his truest it's form. The truest Joe. I mean, the I think the most interactions I've almost I would say seventy five percent of the interactions I've seen him have is him getting really upset about someone's opinion on the food. Yeah. Item. So he finally found a home. Yeah. It's like wow. Okay. Um. Okay. So they're hanging onto the taste buds. He's they're trying. He you know he's trying not to get swallowed. And the whale communicates to Dory that it's time to let go. And he says, how do you know something bad isn't going to happen? And she says, I don't. And then she just mm. lets go and he lets go. And then they get blown out of the the blowhole. Yep. And like, God, that's everything. That's everything. You have to go the opposite direction of what you're thinking. Valerie. You, you know. Valerie. What your instinct is. Cooking it up. I'm smelling it. I'm, is that garlic? feeling of letting go. <laughs> okay. The feeling of letting go only feels bad right before you let go. Once you let go, it feels incredible. We were talking about that too. So Eki Tolls, I have two things. Eki Tolls uh, talks about, is it the situation that's making you upset or making you suffer? Or is it your thoughts about the situation? Because if it's the thoughts... you, you don't need Why those are you thoughts. Doing that to yourself? Why are you doing that to yourself? Yeah. So he gives the example. It's so funny of standing in line at a grocery store and it's taking a while. Mm-hmm. And he goes, if I wasn't standing here, I'd be standing somewhere else. Yeah. And I was like, that's one of the funniest bits I've ever heard. I don't know. Like you're in line at the DMV. And if you can just, as we said last week, make friends at the moment and just be there. Yeah. The clearest comedy scalpel of, truth i've heard in a while is if i wasn't standing here i'd be standing somewhere else i know it's perfect it's it's like a clearer way of saying if i wasn't being here i'd be being somewhere else but it's even more gettable yeah so anyway we were talking i was talking about last night leela got up around three in the morning and i rocked her from like three to four thirty or something it was pretty brutal and it was cold yeah and i'm rocking lee and I'm like, you know, just every once in a while I'm going, I'm, my feet are getting really cold. I'm a loft apartment. Yes. And all the heat goes to my head and my feet get very cold. And because I'm so tall, I think. And I'm, I start thinking you about... you are tall. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that's why. But I, I'm like, man, if I just had a, a blanket. Mm-hmm. I I had this exact experience the night before. Oh, yeah. I'm sure you have it most nights because she seems to do this more on your nights. Yes, she does. So, but then I just went like... Is it the situation or is it my thoughts about the situation? Well, clearly, it's my thoughts. There's a light coolness on my feet. But if I'm watching my thoughts, which I started to, I go, well, it's only going to get worse and worse. Mm-hmm. Then it's going to get unbearable, almost like painful cold. I don't even know if that's true. Yeah. Three, you start narrativizing it. You go, I shouldn't have to do this. Yep. Why is this happening to me? Yes. Uh, what time do I have to get up in the morning? None of it is happening. Yeah. None I, of it is happening. I'll go, I'm going to feel depressed tomorrow because it's, of this. And here I am having the greatest day ever. Yeah. It's just an assault. Yeah. It's an assault from something that isn't you. Yeah. It's a thinking mechanism that was developed for your survival. It's malfunctioning. Yeah. And I, I just went, what's so bad about having cool feet? Mm-hmm. Like, 
it, they just feel alive. Mm-hmm. This is like the clearest example. I, and it just happened. I was like, they're just alive. They're just yeah. cool. It's, it's actually, if you send all of your scouts to your feet, it's almost euphoric. I know. <laughs> You're like, wow, I have fucking feet and they're alive in three dimensions and they're cool. They're here. Yeah. They're not room temperature and blending in like margarine. I just keep doing it. <laughs> they are standing out. They're shining. It's Cats the Musical starring my feet. <laughs> Oh We're my god! Fun. Um, yes. Okay. I know that so well. I I'm gonna make a note. I feel like there was something. There were two things I was gonna say, and I can only remember one of them. But basically, I was experiencing that. I, you know, you've heard me say this. I think on the podcast before, but a lot of times when I slow down with my anxiety and just feel the anxiety like a sensation. I notice that it feels like excitement or Which, adrenaline. Like, this is why we drink coffee. Yeah. You're drinking anxiety. Yeah. We know we are. At least I know I am. Yeah. I have that joke. I don't drink oh. coffee. I run on anxiety. That's what I was but I say, do drink up. coffee because <laughs> I want it. Yeah, no, shut <laughs> no. it, shut it, shut it, shut it. I just don't want to forget, but I Hit was it. kidding about the shut up. Put on the record. Um, I You said, like, it's a part of your system malfunctioning. And then I was like, actually, it's a part of your system doing exactly what it's meant to do, which is... Your feet are cold. It doesn't know that you're not in, like, the tundra, the frozen tundra. That's right. So it's thinking ahead to the worst-case scenarios. Thank you. Yeah, it's why we're here as a people. Exactly. Because my great-great-great-great-grandfather in frigid Lithuania was like, I better get a fire going. Yeah, I'm going to get sick. It's like, so we can have compassion even for that part of our our system that it's doing exactly its That's job. That's right. It's Jack Cornfield. I don't need you right now. Yeah. I'm it's, just I'm okay. in a chair. I'm okay I'm right okay now. I'm okay just now. Yeah. I'm okay just now. It's so beautiful. Mm-hmm. That's Jack. Truly, I'm doing, I, I've mentioned it before, but I'm doing the mindfulness training. It's a two-year program with Jack Cornfield and Tara Brock. And they really are that way through and through. Their whole thing could be like, and how can you introduce some self-compassion into yeah. there or some tenderness or some kindness? Some, and, and it's, yep. they are right. That's the answer to everything. Yep. I'm looking at this, our sign that says be love right now. It's like, it's just like if you can introduce any kind of form of love just wherever you can, even if it's just a little bit of tenderness into a situation it dissipates and changes miraculously. And that's why I like that our sticker on the wall here says, be love. Mm-hmm. It doesn't say, like, it's not thinking love. Yeah. It's not just positive thoughts. It's actually getting still and receptive and spacious and open enough, which takes practice. It doesn't always work. Yep. Uh, there are lots of times, like yesterday, I couldn't do it. But when you when you become love, you become a yes. You become Free parking. Uh-huh. Free parking. Mm-hmm. You get no fee for the parking as if you don't understand. <laughs> it's like Marjorie. Like Marjorie. Oh, <laughs> my God. I don't know. Uh, oh. Nope. Well. Nope. Go ahead. I have, It's my note. I won't forget. Okay. Um. So, well, now I forget. I that part of you You're is talking not about Tara. It's oh, the okay. perfect thing. Okay, love, Tara. we love Tara. Yeah. Okay, Tara is doing the podcast. By the way, I know. I, also, I, by the way, all of this training is going to lead to Val 
doing mindfulness sessions. So go ahead and shoot her an EIG Instagram message <laughs> well, and let her know how excited you are about that. I mean, I am already certified to teach mindfulness. This is just like deepening it. So I might not, I'm probably not going to wait until the end of these two years. I'll probably be doing something. It'll be a Pete's pick. And I'm already doing one-on-one sessions and loving them. So loving it. Loving it. All right. Um, Tara, uh, be God. love. Be love. I can't, no, it's not that. It was like before that. And then, um, we started with. Oh, yes. Okay. I got okay. it. <laughs> okay. So the sensation of like when you go into a, a sensation, it, it actually doesn't feel bad or unpleasant. So, um, what I'm learning about right now in this training is that there are, I've explained this on the podcast before, I think there are like just three feeling states unpleasant pleasant or neutral and this is like found in neuroscience too uh but it's also in buddhism i'm pretty sure i'm understanding that correctly yes it's in neuroscience and buddhism and then we have the secondary experience which is our emotions around those feelings and then they haven't talked about it but i would say we have a tertiary experience which is our stories about the emotions that we're having Mm -hmm. So I, the clearest example of this for me is fear. Like fear is my like big capital F fear, like my big capital I issue. (laughs) And, you know, some people have like anger or depression or whatever. Fear is like the through line through my entire life, basically. Mm -hmm. That's the one that comes up. And it seems to be like every few weeks, I don't know the exact time or if it's like on a regular schedule, But I'll be doing just fine. And then I have like a fear feeling in my body. Mm. And then I have like, oh, no, it's back. Like I get sad and upset that I feel that way. So that's the secondary experience. And then my mind goes, what's wrong? I have to, this is a problem that I have to solve. Is it what I'm eating? Is it something that I'm watching? Is it, uh, am I sick? Like, I'll just go over and over. What could this be? Mercury poisoning worried for a few days now. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to like get my mercury levels checked, which it could be. I want to be surprised. But also, that's the spirit of that. that. And like I do it when Lila gets sick, too. I have to Mm -hmm. immediately know what it is so that I can fix it. And, um, And so I just did the practice of rain with that, which is... I've explained it, I think, on the early episodes of the podcast, but Tara Brock, it's not her concept. (laughs) No, it's not her concept, but it is, like, shared a lot in the community, and she really kind of made it known. Um, It's it's what you do, how you deal with your difficult emotions. So it's recognize, accept, investigate, and nurture are the steps. And, um, I, as part of the training, we have rain partners. So I had that today. And so I did that with this feeling of fear. And so I recognized it and, and I recognizing that step is usually just like recognize that you have fear in the first place or that you have this feeling. Cause sometimes we don't even recognize the feelings that we're having, but it like meant double it had two meetings because I recognized that the fear was there. And then I was like, Oh my God, you are the most familiar feeling. Mm. Like you have been with me this whole time. I know I'm so familiar with this feeling. Mm. And that, that familiarity actually 
helped me like invite some tenderness to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then allowing, I just kept saying allow, allow, allow. And I, it doesn't always work, but that's like the letting go feeling where you're like, allow, allow, allow. And my mind goes, but wait a minute, what if something is seriously wrong and I'm going to miss it? Which mm-hmm. is basically like, how do I know something bad isn't going to happen mm-hmm. if I let go? Mm-hmm. And I went, I know, but just allow, like allow for even that. Mm-hmm. And it was like, once I could do it, it was like margarine. <laughs> oh my God. This is the margarine episode. <laughs> just like melted all over my insides, like just like warm and cozy. And it just totally dissipated. Mm. And I've done rain a lot. It doesn't always work that extremely, but boy, was it clear that my resistance to the fear was all of the pain of it. Mm. And then once I was allowed, I could allow it, I investigated. And that's not thinking. That's like investigate where you feel it in your body. Um, so that's like the somatic stuff we talk about. And then I also remembered that my, my therapist said that it's helpful to think of your fear as an entity because it's all about, it's like fear is here to stay. It just is. That's part of being human. Um, so it's all about changing your relationship to the fear. And... So my fear, I couldn't really find an entity when I was doing it in therapy, but this one just came so clearly as a crying baby, Mm. which Jack Kornfield talks about your emotions often being a crying baby. Um, But this one was like, of course, fear is a crying baby. And I, it was a huge moment where I was like, wait, I'm afraid of you, but you're afraid and it was like as soon as I had that realization, it was like whoop. I like came mm. back into myself mm. and realized I was the crying baby. Mm. It like broke. It like tripped the system or something. Like I was yeah. like, wait, I'm afraid of you, but you're a fear. You're the one that's afraid. And then I was like, whoa. There's all of a sudden there's space. Mm. It was so cool. Really cool. And so then it was, then I have this crying baby and it really did remind me of when Leela was crying a lot as a baby and how like, it's so loud. You just frantically are like what we're watching YouTube videos on the five S's. Like we're, we're frantically trying to swaddle her. her. We're like, we just want to make that, that sound stop. And it like messes with your thinking and you're Mm -hmm. just, you're just frantically trying to fix it. And that's what I'm doing. That's exactly what I am doing when I feel that fear. Right. And instead, I just picked up that baby. Which is what you would do with a baby and get calm and quiet. And did what we've talked about with our parenting expert that we see, where it's like even with infants, you don't have to, if they're fed and they're changed and, and their needs are met and they're still crying, you don't have to get them to stop crying. You can just be there for the crying. Yeah. And so I just picked up the baby and said, like, yeah, I'm here. You can cry as long as you need. I'm right, right here. Right. And boy, did it just, like, feel amazing. Mm. And it, and so that was, so it felt good. And it wouldn't have without that fear. So the, mm. it's not that far from, like, unpleasant feelings are, like, the other side of the coin of pleasant feelings. Mm-hmm. Like there, it doesn't take that much to transmute them into it. I've had it most, the most clear example is how sadness 
can sometimes feel like so beautiful, like the most beautiful songs, you know, like art, like you're like, oh, sadness is gorgeous, you Mm -hmm. know, Um, and fear can feel the other side of it can feel like very open and like a thrill, kind of like the existential kink. What is the it's like fear is just fear is excitement without breath. breath. Like that's what I was feeling, that kind of elation. And I have this like the cold feet. Yeah, exactly. That's what made me think of it. And I have this um, belief, this like core negative belief that's attached to my fear, which is because I, I will identify as the crying baby. It's like I am too small for this world. I'm too fragile for this world. I feel everything so intensely. I'm too soft and squishy for this world. And I really afterwards like sat with that belief and was like, wait, I'm so soft and squishy. I feel everything. Mm. (laughs) Like it was like such a strength. It was like, I'm open. I'm moved by this world. That was in Michael's podcast too. So loving this podcast, he was like, it's been a really rough year. And he's like, and I am so alive. Mm -hmm. He's like, I feel my pinky toes right now. Like that's how much life is coursing through me. And it came from suffering. Yeah. So it's funny that what you were saying related to what I wrote down to say, when you talked about finding Nemo and the whale, of course, I said Jonah and Jesus, Jesus alert. Jesus said, the only (laughs) sign I bring is the sign of Jonah. Which is one of the most badass things to say to people from the Hebrew tradition. It would be like, the only sign I offer you, people listening to me, is the sign of the guy who got swallowed by a giant fish. It doesn't say whale. Bible nerds rejoice. I knew that. (laughs) So what he's saying is, I'm here to show you that death and resurrection, that suffering and enlightenment pain and then release or whatever you might want to say is how this works Mm -hmm. and you finding your way to melt like margarine (laughs) into that is the sign that i offer you i'm not here you know obviously jesus gets um are we still recording yes Uh, Jesus gets like a a reputation for being the guy that's like, I'm here to save you from the whale. You won't have to get eaten by the whale. Mm -hmm. But there it is in black and white or red. If you had one of those Bibles, (laughs) he's saying, I'm bringing you the sign of Jonah. Yes. And that's so much more badass and, and delicious than just like, I'm here so you don't, first of all, that this is just a waiting room for the afterlife. And don't worry, you don't have to. You know what I was thinking today? I was so happy and so tuned in and mm-hmm. so good. I was like excited about death. I was like, yeah. oh my God, it's going to be so fucking weird. Yeah. I'll probably be in a hospital. I'm on morphine. So that's basically heroin, by the way. Yeah. So I'm already going to be doing something I've never done. <laughs> <laughs> and then this is going to fall away. I know. Like, and I'll be, like, that's when highest Pete can go like, wow. Like, I've heard people say, like, I don't want to be drugged up when I'm dying, which is interesting to me as well, because it's the last thing I'll ever experience, and I want to experience it. Mm-hmm. That's the space. Yeah. Ramdas says, I don't know about death, but what an adventure. Like, yeah. that's, like, what he thinks. He, he doesn't say when I'm into my highest space, but I'm in, in, inferring that. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. When I, or I also thought about death today and I was thinking like, okay, yeah. So the comfort that I find is like, yes, this body, yes, this ego dies, but like awareness, pure awareness doesn't die. Mm-hmm. And then today I was like, or maybe it does. And so what? <laughs> that was in Alan Watts's talk too. He's like, he had a German word for it. Mm. I don't know what the word was. It was like, Marsharan. <laughs> he's like Marsharan. But he, what? Like margarine. Hilarious. I couldn't I do knew it. it was funny. I couldn't do it. I knew. It. I'm glad I circled no, back. No, I couldn't do I it. I forgot one of the kids at the bus stop, and I'm glad I threw it in reverse because that kid belongs on the bus. No, he tripped up the stairs. No, <laughs> and we all laughed. It was great. No, he didn't trip up the stairs. I. He was saying that there's a German word for a thought so deep in your subconscious. Uh, but it's it's nagging at you that you might think a thought like, don't worry, awareness never dies. It can't go anywhere. And there's a thought in the back of your mind where you're like, what if I'm wrong? Mm-hmm. And there's a beautiful rain, rain it, yeah. rain it. And you can nurture it and go like, I don't know. Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah. And there's, in fact, so much freedom in not knowing. Yeah. Because if it was for me to know, I'd know. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. If yes. I was supposed to know, I'd know. Yeah. And I'm not supposed to know. Joan of Arc didn't know. My yeah. grandmother didn't know. Like, fucking, that's the bowl of mystery that you're going to eat. Yes. But you want to be the one that goes, but how does it taste? Like, just eat it. Yes. Just eat it. That's, Eckhart Tolle has, I'm going to botch it, but he has something great about Botch like, on Amazon? Like, if you are confused, somebody's like, I'm confused about who I am now mm. from this practice. And he... He said, like, well, confused confused implies that you need to know or want to know. Right. If you just let that go, then there's nothing here. Right. That's like, right. you just don't know. I was looking at the clouds today, and I said to the mystery, I was like, go ahead and... Because uh, sometimes when I look at the clouds, I have sort of, like, mushroomy feelings. I mm-hmm. see the thin, thin brushstrokes of gold painting little eyes and faces. And, mm-hmm. and I saw the honeycomb. The whole sky became a, a, a yellow laced honeycomb, wow. which is how I understand reality to be just an interrelation of geometric honeycomb shapes, apparently. <laughs> uh, just totally, totally sober. I, I know I did take CBD, but as I always say in the ads, it's not an intoxicant. It was just sort of yeah. like a nice mellowing thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and by the way, I've seen the honeycomb on absolutely nothing. Have, I don't know why have. I'm. I don't know why I'm getting defensive about the honeycomb. We've seen the honeycomb in the Gunger's bathroom, and then we came home all uh, completely all four sober, not on anything. Uh, and then we came home, and I just see it now. By the way, I see it on this wall as we're talking. It's just like a faint, yeah, honeycomb. Shape. It's so hard because <laughs> I, I can see it too. I can totally see it, but I don't know if I'm. Like now, I just I was I don't see it unless I'm looking for it. Oh, that's right. I'm not like it's not imposing itself on me. Yeah. But if I look at a, a blank wall, especially, and just kind of relax my eyes underneath what we never talk about, which is the static of reality, mm-hmm. how it's all like little yes. jumping dots. Uh huh. When I was a kid, I was like, "Why is no why one talking, are you talking about, about this?" Those? I thought I ha- it was because I think until this moment, I thought it was because I have a cataract. No. That's how reality looks to everyone. <laughs> wow. It's one of the reasons we love film and it's why we love dust in the air. It's like it's reflective of what it's like to be a human that everything including your face if I look carefully is made from the sparkles 
in a bottle of Coke filled with like blue sand that I shook up. That's what everything looks like. Yep. Again, the most interesting things no one's talking about. Wow. So I see those first little pops. Some of them are like brighter, like more like star-like. Uh-huh. You know where I first really got a sense of that was I I one time took an unspecified hallucinogen and I was waiting for it to kick in. Mm. And turns out it didn't kick in. It was just, it evaporated or something. And waiting for it to kick in really wake awoke me to how trippy reality is on nothing. Yeah. Because you, you start, like I always say, like waiting for someone to break in your house. I was waiting for a drug to kick in. So I was really like, holy shit, uh, everything's like sparkling. And I was like, no, that's just how it is. You're just never looking. Yes. I, um, what was I saying? It doesn't matter. Uh, what were the we honeycomb. Talking about? Honeycomb. So, oh, oh, and then and- I said, and then I was like. Go ahead and if you want to show yourself, show me. And then I was like, get honest, Pete. You want it to show it. It doesn't yeah. want to show itself yeah. to you. You want. And and then I was just like, let go of that want and just be another thing Jesus says, a faithless generation asks for a sign. Mm-hmm. This is the sign. Mm-hmm. This is the miracle. This is the mystery. Yeah. And whether you believe in God or not, nobody's off the hook. We all believe in something mysterious. Yep. It's, it, that's a fact. That's yep. why my favorite definition of God, which I'll say every time I think it, is God is the name of the blanket we put over the mystery to give it shape. Mm-hmm. So even if you believe in God, don't be lazy in your belief in God, meaning it's your answer. Mm-hmm. It's your way to participate with the mystery. And if you believe in science and that's your jam, great. But you believe probably are into the Big Bang Theory, which is also a big mystery. Yeah. I'm not saying that to ridicule the Big Bang Theory. I'm saying no one's off the hook. Yep. No one knows what's going on. And that's okay. Let's rain it. Nurtured. It's, it's okay. Yeah. I sort of want to answer. Somebody sent you a question. And it's really been on my mind this whole time. You don't have to read it. Uh, but somebody was like, I'm pregnant. And me and my partner. Do you want to read it? I kind of feel okay, like I should read, read it. it. Just to get the like... Um, yeah, the, the like, severity of it. But I, I have to find it. So you should just explain it okay. right now. She's pregnant. She's anemic. They're vegan. She's really been craving meat. Which, by the way, also you, Valerie, craved meat. Yep. And, and you, I was vegan before. And you were you ate turkey subs and stuff, and it was glorious. Yep. And specifically, she said that her partner, they get in sort of fights. By the way, let me just start with this. No shame to you guys. No judgment to you guys. I understand, as best I can, I'm trying to understand both sides of this. Mm -hmm. Veganism, uh, as Kumail always says to me, he's not vegan, but he goes, vegans are annoying because they're right, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, So I I understand getting passionate, and that's really beautiful to be passionate about the suffering of animals and about health and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. But she really wants to eat meat, and it's a huge issue in the relationship, Mm -hmm. meaning... Like, they fight about it, it sounds like. And if she decides to eat a chicken cutlet, it's going to be like an issue. And specifically, she said that her partner was like, this is like willingly giving yourself cancer. Yeah, just because you're emotional. Because you you have an emotion in your body because you're pregnant, which is sort of shitty. Yeah. To be like, oh, you're a little unhinged because you're pregnant. Yep. And you want to eat meat and you're going to do that and you're going to give yourself cancer. Okay, a couple things. Yeah. (laughs) One... As someone who's been mostly vegan for a long time, any time veganism starts fucking my shit up and I start feeling better than people, mm-hmm. uh, and I learned this from Ramdas, go to KFC. Like, yeah. Because fu- like, I'm, talk- I'm talking to me now. All, all love and respect to this couple. I'm taking them out. 
Yeah. They are going to go over there. And if anything I say applies, that's fine. But I just want to talk about me. I go, you're too full of shit. Here's a better example. I'm currently not eating in between meals. I'm really loving it. It's really working for me. Mm-hmm. But sometimes around the eighth hour in between meals, I start getting a little grumpy. And I say, if this starts fucking up love, mm-hmm. it's gone. Mm-hmm. If I start getting snippy with my daughter or with my wife, mm-hmm. fuck you. Mm-hmm. Goodbye. Mm-hmm. You're out of here. Mm-hmm. And I had that with intermittent fasting. Mm-hmm. I've had that with veganism. If I start to think of myself as better than others, it's gone. Yeah. Because that's the number one. Yeah. Is is how you relate, how you make people feel, mm-hmm. how you feel. Do I help you cultivate spacious, loving awareness? Mm-hmm. Do I help myself cultivate spacious, loving awareness? And veganism, even though it's it's right and it's beautiful, mm-hmm. if it starts fucking it up, like my homeboy Ram Dass, I would literally eat chicken even though I didn't want to. Mm-hmm. I know that sounds like bullshit. I would enjoy it. It wasn't like I didn't enjoy it. But I wasn't like just having a craving. I would do it to go fuck you to Pete, to the story of Pete, yes. and say, guess what? You're not in charge. I love you. I honor you. And I respect you. But the soul is in charge. The awareness is in charge. And love is in charge. Yep. And you're starting to feel better than people. And that's too price, pricely, too high a cost to, to pay to be right. And even right. to be healthy. That's I, right. Okay, so then the second thing I wanted to say was, Byron Katie's the work, because it sounds like there's some tension and some control issues here. Yes. If somebody's saying, like, you're willingly giving yourself cancer because, because you have a feeling. Yeah. I do take issue with that. I'm, I'm really trying to speak from love. I know. And you just have to do... The work, Byron Katie's The Work. Mm-hmm. And it's very simple. So if I'm this man and you're that woman and I say to you, uh, you're eating meat because you're anemic and you're craving it and that's like inviting cancer into your life. You're going to get cancer. Mm-hmm. Okay. If you eat chicken, you're going to get cancer. Is that true? Mm. Uh, I could even be stubborn and be like, yeah, cancer and, and meat are linked. Okay, dude. I ate meat for 33 years? Yeah. I do not have cancer. I've only been... So I haven't been vegan my whole life. Mm -hmm. But it's like those people... I say this every time, but people who stop smoking and then start yelling at people that smoke or breaking their cigarettes going, you're going to get cancer. You're going to die. You just quit smoking. (laughs) Yeah. Like you were me five seconds ago. So I ate meat for 33 years. I didn't get cancer. So that's pretty good. And you know what? My dad's been eating meat for 78 years. um, More than that... Veganism is so relatively new. It's very new. Very new. Most people have been eating meat. And yes, a lot of people have gotten cancer. But it's not... We don't know that it's because of that meat. It would be a lot to our benefit if we were really like the correlation between meat eating. It's like 100%. Yes. You get cancer. Absolutely. I understand that there's things in it. But go to uh, Disneyland. On the wall, they say the, the chemical in the rides... That's CA2, California 2, warning you see on everything. Mm -hmm. The the compound found in this plastic is shown to give cancer and birth defects. That's like California is so strict. That's on everything plastic. Mm -hmm. And the funniest place I saw it was Disneyland, the happiest place on earth. Mm -hmm. It's right there on the wall. It says you could get cancer from going on these rides. Obviously, you go... Probably not, yeah. but the law was passed that you have to post that. Mm-hmm. So is it true you're yeah. going to get cancer? No. How does it make you feel when you feel it? Pro- 
probably pretty pinched, yeah. probably pretty tight, mm-hmm. grasping for control, grasping because the world is scary. You're afraid of getting cancer. Yeah. Uh-huh. You're, you're, you're afraid of being out of control. You're afraid of someone you love getting cancer. Yes. You're afraid of someone you love being out of control. Yes. You're afraid for the baby. You're overwhelmed. All of these things yep. that might be unconscious are coming out in a simple phrase. If you eat meat, you get cancer. Yeah. And all I'm saying, I've been there, mm-hmm. is the spaciousness that comes from asking the four questions. Is it true? Is it? Can you absolutely be sure that it's it's true. How do you feel when you think it and you believe it? How would you feel if you didn't believe it? Mm. A little bit more open? Because, mm-hmm. okay, I've talked a lot, but that question really lit a fire. I'm really in glad me. you brought it up because I wanted to talk about it too and I have a lot to say. Let me wrap up go. and then I'm going to give it 100% to you. Yeah. It sounds hippy dippy and nonsense, but the whole thing is how we relate and how we harvest and encourage love Mm -hmm. and i don't mean to be like oh i'm better than you because i'm a vegan and i gladly ordered val turkey subs but in that moment what i was doing was loving you this is why leela can eat whatever she wants yes you know what i'm saying like Mm -hmm. i plan like ritual uh, a huge vegan Mm -hmm. he lets his kids eat what they want and when they have a stomach ache he goes well, you know, that birthday cake had a lot of stuff you don't normally eat in it. Mm-hmm. And he makes them chia pudding. But mm-hmm. honey attracts so many more flies than vinegar. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. If you're looking for flies. And and <laughs> I really think if any virtue starts corroding the core, mm-hmm. the virtue's got to go. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Like love fucking first. Yeah. And if someone yeah. is growing your baby. Yup. If you were like, I have a thirst for stray dog meat. Yes. This is an extreme example. I'm trying to be funny. <laughs> I'd be at the train yard with a Bowie knife. <laughs> and that's against all of my values. Uh, that's an extreme example. I, I wouldn't really kill stray dogs. Please don't I'm, cancel me for that oh allegorical God. point. I and again, that. I really want to be clear I understand, and well, I think there's love yep. in his desire, and yeah. there's love in his, uh, what I'm seeing is maybe like a, a desire to control, and mm-hmm. like, so I, I relate, I've been there, please, sir, don't feel like I'm scolding you, I'm only, I'm only, I'm trying my best, I'm trying my best. <laughs> I I think it's so beautiful, I loved everything you just said, and um. I like when I first read that I I did have of course like a very strong reaction to wanting to build a story about like this man is controlling this woman's body and she's pregnant and uh, she gets say over her body even when she's not pregnant but it's you know like I just I got very like not triggered but I definitely was like ah patriarchy <laughs> but. <laughs> Then when I like sat with it more, I was like, oh, okay, yeah, I can definitely like, what could I, if I'm making assumptions about this couple anyway, what can I assume about this husband? Clearly very passionate about being vegan. Which is beautiful. Which is beautiful. Just trying to give a little bit more love. So it's not just a skull tiger. That's beautiful. And the concern for the wife is beautiful. Sorry, patriarchy and I'm interrupting you. Yeah. And (laughs) (laughs) so you're not going to let me off the hook. Okay. (laughs) No, I'm letting you off the hook. Um, and 
having a baby is so scary and it's very possible that this person is this person's anxieties about this fragile being that is being formed right now in his wife or girlfriend or whatever uh Basically, I remember the primary feeling of being pregnant was, oh my God, I care so much about the well-being of this tiny little thing, and I have no control over it. Mm. And I would imagine that a man who isn't carrying the baby would feel even less control over it. That's right. That's great compassion. That's beautiful. So, So he's looking to inject some, not control, but some help even like yeah i mean and i think i think he is can being controlling but it comes from anytime we're trying to control it's because we're so afraid or we care so much it's overwhelming having a baby yes and and that is just one of the like advice pieces of advice i would give about parenting is you will realize over and over and over again that you have control over so little and you care the amount of control that you have and the amount that you care <sighs> is totally disproportionate because guess what this baby is going to eat a kit kat <laughs> yeah and absolutely for, like it's kind of hard to know that's not a it's a milk chocolate product so there's milk in it yeah it's going to happen yeah so let's start practicing now do you want to be right or do you want to be love yes not just for their sake for your sake. Yeah. For the frequency of you, that you are emanating not only out, but into you. Yeah. Do you want to... Veganism is right. Yeah. I'm with you. Mm-hmm. And Leela is going to know what a milk dud tastes like. <laughs> yeah. And guess what? She's going to see her dad eat a couple fucking milk duds. Yeah. Because that moment... I heard it at the Ramdas retreat. It, it was... um. It was Mirabai Bush. She yeah, said, I remember this. I and I took somebody lovingly said, "Why? Why do you serve meat at this retreat? Mm-hmm. Like it's so weird that we're all conscious people gathered to talk uh, about Buddhism and Ramdas. Why is there meat served for lunch?" Mm-hmm. And she said something that was very challenging to me, who quietly enjoyed that somebody asked that challenging question and thought they were right. Mm-hmm. And Mirabai said, "Sometimes a turkey sandwich is is murder. Like if that's where you're at." Mm-hmm. And like it's horrible, mm-hmm. and you see the factory farms, and you just see the suffering. You hear the earth crying. I'm not trying to be funny. You hear the suffering, mm-hmm. and sometimes it's just a BLT with two girlfriends yeah. catching up, and they haven't seen each other. Sometimes it just is. is yeah. It's just what's happening. Mm-hmm. It's 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 yes. I'm done. Yeah, I love that. So definitely like accessing compassion for. For the man in the situation. Now. (laughs) (laughs) That's like your warning. Um, To to this woman. Your body is creating not just a miracle. The miracle. The miracle that brought all of us here. It's a big bang that happens in your uterus. In your body. You are the cosmos. You are making, I don't know how far along she is, but you are making hair follicles. You are making fingernails. The light of consciousness is being flipped on from a switch that you built out of your cells. (laughs) You are making goddamn bones. You are making a heart. You are making emotions, a whole set of nervous systems and, and... other shit. You're just you're a Van Gogh 
country. You're a Monet. Yes, absolutely. You are bursting life and color and vibrancy, and we should all be be, touching your feet. (laughs) Yes, we should be bowing down to you. You are a goddess creating life and nothing less than that. And, and by the way, women who don't create life are... I was just going to say that that's true for everyone listening. Yes. You are a Monet. That you are bursting. True. You are the cosmos. Yes. But for this woman, you, you are doing something miraculous and powerful. And no one knows better about making this specific baby than your specific body. And so even let's take personalities out of it, you you know, this woman's personality and this man's personality and preferences, your body should have the highest authority. I'm not saying your personality, you know, because women like smoke and do shitty things all the time when they're pregnant. And lentils do have a lot of iron in them. (laughs) I'm just, I'm throwing the dude a bone. It's true. If I, when I feel anemic, just eat some lentils. Boom. But, but I was dreaming about turkey sandwiches. I think I had two in my entire pregnancy and it totally satiated it and made it work. And I just trusted that my body knew what it was doing and knew what it needed and granted, I did also crave like gummy worms and shit that I shouldn't have, but it was a different feeling. <laughs> it was like a psychological craving versus a body craving. Yeah, you're a rocket flying off the earth to grab a soul from the <laughs> stardust in the faraway galaxy. Mm-hmm. And I'm NASA. And if you're like, I want some of those garbage toilet seat peach candies <laughs> from Walgreens. <laughs> Mama gets Walgreens shit. <laughs> yeah, she does. Okay, so here's how I I would handle it or I would like to handle it. But you're made with gelatin, it. not vegan. Yeah. <laughs> and not to mention just a million other things. And gelatin's fucking nasty. It is nasty. Also, I just want to say, as somebody who's already had like a pregnancy, I will definitely be even more lenient with the second one if I have a second one. Because you think that it's so much more fragile than it is. Um yeah. Of course, it's good to make healthy decisions for your baby, but like all of the information coming out out like makes you think: if I have a roll of sushi, this baby will die. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's just not that simple. So the other thing, so ha- this is how I would like to think I would handle that situation. This is what came up for me: is kind of, and I don't mean this to, I really don't mean this to be condescending. Um, or degrading to this man, but here we are. I, I, what came up is I would handle this the way that I handle when Leela is, is trying, is asking something of me that isn't fair or right. Mm. (laughs) Um, where you just say, okay, I have a right to make the best decision for my body for this baby. I'm speaking as this woman now. Um, and he has a right to feel however he's going to feel about it. Right. And both of us have a complete right. And we can honor it. and respect that. And, yeah. we, and we can honor and respect it. At KFC. And okay. yeah, exactly. Well, and that's the thing is like, so for Leela, I'm trying to think of an, an example that would be like directly, like if she, you know, wants me to get in the bath and I like have to be somewhere in five minutes. It's like, I, 
uh, mama can't get in the bath with you right now. I'm so sorry. I won't be doing that. And she is totally entitled to flip out about it. And that's okay. It doesn't, I don't feel good that that makes her feel that way. But I also know that I'm not responsible for it. That just is the circumstance. This is the best thing. And she's allowed to not like it, but it doesn't change that that I'm making the best decision for myself, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Compassion for both sides. Compassion for both you know, sides, a, but not to the point where you're not doing what's no, best it's, for you. No, it's I got to go, and I, and I honor and respect. Yeah. I, I think there's a way to do this that isn't sneaky, that's above board. Yeah. So I'm not advocating that anybody just cheat. Absolutely. You know, I think, because that is a value in the relationship, but I think there's a way to... lovingly figure it out. I think so too. I think there's a way of saying, I totally understand the reasons why you don't want me to do this. And I, I'm giving you the benefit of the doubt that behind that is just so much love and caring. And it's not even me. I have to listen and trust my body on this one. And you can be as upset about that as you are. And, and it doesn't change those facts. Yeah. You know what is a, a humbling uh, fact for me as someone who doesn't doesn't eat meat? Although I do sometimes eat fish, I want to say that I'm, I am full of shit. I'm the first to say that. Mm-hmm. I eat plant-based most of the time, mm-hmm. uh, but sometimes I eat fish. Uh, I, I, I forget where I heard this, NPR or something, but they were like, the reason we have brains that are as developed as they are mm-hmm. to make choices like becoming vegan because it's ethical Mm -hmm. and it's right and it's horrible for the planet and it's bad for our health and all that stuff. But the reason we have the cognition, the cognitive power is because we ate meat. Mm -hmm. So the difference between us and chimpanzees, for example, they specifically tied it back to like whale blubber and these things that we ate in as early humans that like nourished the brain in a certain way that caused it to grow to a point where it, became conscious enough to go, maybe we shouldn't be killing these sentient beings. But the only reason it became aware of that was because it ate enough of the sentient beings to evolve. Right. If that doesn't sound like how the universe works, I don't know what does. And that's incredible. (laughs) I love that. And also keeping that in mind when, again, for this woman, that your body is making a brain. So it might need whatever specific things... That that he does, and the chi- I think in, it's like in Chinese medicine. I remember a friend telling me this when I was like, I don't know what I what to do. I'm having dreams about turkey sandwiches. Um, she was like, that it's a Chinese medicine thing where it's like you need to you need specifically blood, <laughs> like not well, just iron, dude, but blood. Again, as a vegan. A mostly vegan that eats some sieg. <laughs> uh, so I'm not the authority. I'm just saying childbirth. Acid trips, mushroom trips, especially mushroom trips, which I always say, are boom, ba, boom, ba, boom. <laughs> it's like it's blood, it's soil red with blood from battle, and you're smearing on your face, and you're howling at the moon. And a child birth is the most ripping, tearing, bloody, howling. Remember, one of the mantras that got us through the childbirth is let the monkey do it. I mean, yeah. find the part of you that's a monkey. Mm-hmm. Like, that's our ancestor. Find the monkey and let the monkey push the baby out. Yep. So, there's again, I get it. I get sad thinking about 
and I donate and I act and I speak in favor of veganism and I enjoy uh, identifying as that, even the moral boost that I get from that, let's mm-hmm. be honest. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I, I see when we're talking about the Big Bang. So the Big Bang is, is so a pregnancy is a Big Bang that's erupting in you. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a, a small bang. Mm-hmm. And it often results after a small bang. Am I right? <laughs> the universe, it's, it's Isaiah. I, the Lord your God, create the light and the dark. I create goodness and I create evil. The universe is so indifferent. Mm-hmm. That's why, not indifferent, but the universe is so everything. Mm-hmm. It's in, it's out, it's life, it's death, it's up, it's down, it's redemption, it's slaughter. It's, it's just, so when you take mushrooms, you, this substance really has no regard for how you were raised, mm-hmm. what you're comfortable with. It just kind of shows you the colors of like a cave painting reality. Like mm-hmm. I know you want to be a, a vegan and, and we eat a lot of kale. Okay, okay. But uh, your ancestors did this and this and this and then the world works this way. And, and even um, people make fun of me sometimes because I say a tomato would rather live. A tomato actually wants you to eat it because then you poop out the seeds and more tomatoes grow. Uh-huh. Sure. Uh, but there are certain things that don't um, work that way. Yeah. Like fruits, for example, do benefit from us eating them because we spread their seed around. But there are other plants, for example, kale, that, that doesn't work that way that mm-hmm. I would argue probably wants to, is, is pretty content in the way that it can be content, mm-hmm. just shining in the sun, mm-hmm. just rocking on like a crazy diamond. Mm-hmm. And we just pick it and we eat it and that's fine. Talk to like the really touched into the earth people. They ask a plant before they pick it. They know which plants are ready to be picked mm-hmm. or, or so they say, which I think is really cool. Mm-hmm. But mushroom, a mushroom trip and pregnancy and, and death and, and, and DMT from what I've heard, these things don't care about polity. They're not trying to be polite. Mm-hmm. They're just, and the universe is not being polite. It's, it's, it's everything. Mm-hmm. And all of that was just to say like, an ideology is, is pretty great. And one of the highest things that our thinking minds can do. Yep. But the hum- that's what, that's what I like about that will blubber fact yeah. is it's like, I can't judge my mother who still tries to make me kielbasa, which is pork and beef in a sausage. <laughs> and I can't, it's too costly a price mm-hmm. to put a rift between me and my mom mm-hmm. when she makes her apple pie, which has eggs and milk in it. Mm-hmm. And she makes that as a love offering to me. Mm-hmm. This vegan's chowing into that apple pie. Mm-hmm. I used to not. Yeah. There have been a lot of Thanksgivings where I went and didn't eat the pie. And now that I'm so glad yeah. for me that I eat that pie now mm-hmm. because I know what the pie is. It's like Mirabai's quote. That's not pie. Yeah. Your mom wrote in beautiful pink cursive, I love you and put it in the oven. <laughs> and it's, it's a, it's a, I'm eating her, her love. Yeah. And, and I know it has things in it that were stacked on top of each other, chickens in terrible situations and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. And yet it's here. Yeah. It's, it's, it already happened. And, and everything is living off of death. That's right. Everything lives off that's of death. That's right. Again, I'm into veganism. Yeah. You're not off the hook. Yeah. Y- your, your shoes might have been made by children. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? 
There's something you're doing. When you scratch your hair, you're killing microbes. I'm not saying this to not be vegan. I would love everybody listening to try veganism. I think it's a wonderful choice, especially for me. It's improved my life in a lot of ways. But it's too high of a price Mm -hmm. if when you become vegan, like the recent non-smoker, if the judgment starts creeping in, it's too costly. And that's what fucking Moby said to me, too. He was like, "Don't, don't sacrifice... Good, the good at the fear of not being perfect or something. Wow. He's like, try it. And if you break, don't, don't go, well, I can't do it and just go and eat Wendy's again. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't confuse the pursuit of good with, I, I'm getting the quote wrong, like but it's like, you don't have to be perfect. Yeah. And that baby is going to eat a Kit Kat. Yeah. So let's get humble. Let's get small. Yeah. Let's get small and own the part that's beautiful. But like, even with everything I'm preaching, I'm like, this could be wrong. Like, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, we could be, t- if somebody could write to us with a compelling, beautiful argument about why you shouldn't eat meat when you're pregnant or whatever. Like, any vegan argument is going to be compelling. I totally am open to that. But like, yeah, my lentils point was pretty valid. Absolutely, but it, yeah, I, I just, I love. But I, but your blood point, dude. I've never been pregnant, (laughs) but I fucking get it. In that, in Rosemary's Baby, where she cooks the steak, super rare, and she eats it. I'm like, I bet. I bet. I bet. It is a thing. I mean, it's totally a, a very common thing for vegetarian women to be like, ah, shit, I'm craving meat. Also, get creative. Mm-hmm. Meaning, there's an apocalypse, and now we all have rifles, and we're wandering the countryside. You find a chicken nugget, <laughs> you're going to be thinking about cancer. Like all of these ideologies live inside of other ideologies and yeah. other functioning systems of belief that are all held up by one another. Mm-hmm. And the privilege that I enjoy of being a vegan is on the backs of a lot of other things working. Oh, Economies, yeah. systems, governments, That's so food smart. supply. That's it. What what money? You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. I, I you go, oh, what if I lose my money? What money? Remember that revelation I had? Uh, I was like, oh I don't want to lose my money. Uh, what, I need to provide for my family. Yes. What money? Show me the money. If there's an apocalypse where to yeah. go? Right. It's all an ideology. Right. Yeah, it's all yeah, an yeah. idea. Yeah, you think yeah, it's yeah. money? You believe in money? Like, uh-huh. I understand that we're all co-conspiring in money, yeah. and that's working out for us. But that's why it's helpful to go desert wasteland, broken highway bridges. You're wearing uh, you know, a scarf over your head to not get sunburned and sunglasses you found on a corpse. You find a McRib best day of your life (laughs) and are you really going to eat it and go I think I'm going to get cancer you're going to go fucking thank any deity that I can remember because the the sonic blast that wiped out the earth kind of gave me some brain fog but I think one of them is called Jesus (laughs) oh my gosh I love it yeah I mean, I think... I love that we're going to Cafe Gratitude. Val and I have a date tonight, and we're going to the most vegan... Vegan, The most vegan The hippiest vegan, vegan, which is my favorite, one of my favorite restaurants. And we did it because we... we, That's what we like to eat. Yeah. And that's what we believe that's good to eat. The environmental reasons alone. Listen to the Rob Zombie episode. We went into that a lot. It's like, it's really... Did you know uh, one egg is like 52 gallons of water? It's insane. Ugh. It's insane. So, like, when you (laughs) see Leonardo DiCaprio, who's a huge environmentalist, leaning more vegan, it's because when you look at the numbers, you're just kind of like, 
yeah, maybe I don't have to have chicken, pork, and beef three meals a day. Yeah. Maybe if this demand went down a little bit, we could stop mowing down the rainforest. We could stop yeah. uh, pink sludging communities and, and talk about cancer, giving cancer to the surrounding areas because the waters can... T- like, I get it. Yes. And everything else we said. <laughs> <laughs> um, that was great. That was beautiful. I had I to like, answer it. I'm so yeah, glad We also did. got another question, which was... I feel like paraphrasing them is good. It also keeps their name out of it. Yeah. But she said, my partner doesn't like to talk about spiritual stuff. Um, He's wonderful. I'm in love with him. Mm. But uh, he just just doesn't have that on his radar. Mm -hmm. And what I wanted to say was to that, it's very simple, is that like, just start by having some friends that like to talk about it with you and see if that improves things for you yeah me personally i do sympathize because like i have like i we're we're at the point now where if like you're our friend and you don't want to talk about muji (laughs) or you don't want to talk about eckhart tolle it's not it's not a great sign like i don't get me wrong yep i have some friends we don't talk about that stuff we have laughs joe de rosa patrick walsh these are dear dear beloved friends of mine Never once talked about God except on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's great. But then you start f- filling out, I would say, fill out that bench. Mm-hmm. Get a few close friends that you can have that with and see if it if it smooths things over. Yeah. Because again, Muji said this. He's like, when the flower blossoms, meaning your consciousness expands, the bees come. Mm-hmm. You don't have to force the bees coming. Mm-hmm. So you're, be- you're starting to the waking up process, which we're all doing. Mm-hmm. Your flowers opening. Look around for the bees. Yeah. Maybe the universe is going to send some bees, yeah. some friends that you can commune with. And even in the long run, you and I just happened, Val, mm-hmm. happened to just sync up and our interest grew at the same rate at the same time, which is c- the greatest joy of my life. Although I would say you were more interested in this first. And I, that's good. This is helpful to them. Yeah. And I was just like, it's all right. And I, I can just make conversation with anyone about anything, so I would talk to you about it. But I wasn't, like, so into it. Yeah. I would meditate with you every once in a while, but I wasn't really doing it on my own. And, um, you know, we would go to the Ram Dass retreats, and I thought they were groovy and cool. But I remember being like, I don't know. It's just, like, doesn't feel like where I'm at right now, totally. You right. know? And then... And then I got pregnant and my world fell apart. And then I, I was that's really right. happy that I had these tools. Would you call that the sign of Jonah? Uh, I would. I would. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, except so, for I was the big fat fish. Ah, <laughs> uh, you're fun. It, it doesn't have to be a post-apocalyptic situation. Like maybe he's not in that mood now. Yeah. But these things, first of all, love is the most attractive thing in the world. Yeah. And consciousness is about realizing the oneness. It's about realizing who you really are. It's about burn it down. Mm-hmm. It's about becoming passion, passionate. I was going to say compassionate and patient, but I mm-hmm. said passionate, uh, patient. And that is the most attractive thing in the world. So this isn't, this sounds a little evangelical, like churchy. Yeah. Just be cool and he'll want to know about the Lord. Yeah. Just work on yourself. Yeah. And light and love is so compelling yes you never know who what is what is buried underneath mm-hmm. what you're seeing now yeah so i just wanted to give a hopeful message if, if your partner isn't into it it doesn't mean i know at other times i've been like i need my friends and my partner to, to be into this stuff that's yeah. where i'm at now 
-hmm. But I think, I love that you remembered that at the beginning of our relationship, I was the weird one going, let's go to this Ramdas retreat. Mm -hmm. And you were like, this feels like church. Let's get out of here. (laughs) But we, it's still over time and over and through some suffering, you start to kind of Mm -hmm. find it. You want to wake up from a dream that's unpleasant. So maybe he's just having a really great dream right now. Yeah. Um, I know that Eckhart Tolle gets this question a lot and I'm just trying to remember what he says, but I think it is something similar to what you say where they're like, what if your partner isn't interested in this? And and he's kind of just like, like basically like, okay, everybody's on their own path here. And, and you just work on increasing the presence within yourself. And, and then even if the relationship isn't right for you, you will know from like a wiser place if you are building your presence power. Right. You know? um, that'll that'll inform your your whole life. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I'm glad you said that because somebody I can't find the question, but somebody else asked about like not really being able to find friends that are into this stuff. Um, and like I've had a go couple to the questions. Disc- Discord. You made it weirdos. Oh yeah. Go to you made it weirdos on Discord. It's this great group. We check in. Well, we've only checked in once, but I plan on checking in again. Just I just somebody the best fans, the best the weirdos, sweetest people gathering together, making friends. Probably oh, like, there's probably going to be some you made it weirdos babies yep. in the future. So there's that. That's a resource. Yep, I, I remember some of their names. We forgot Colleen's name. Colleen. And then Blake, who I think maybe told Colleen to start it. I don't know. I think he, he said that. Was I, he I the might Australian? be getting that wrong. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Uh, from Brisbane. I think that was him. And then Robert. Um, They're so lovely. So, yes, to people who are like, how do I find my tribe? And if you love this podcast, go check that out. And I want to say, when I first moved here, it took about four years for me to find my people here. Yeah. Um, you were really getting kind of anxious. I was really, it was really hard for me. I was like, I have friends here, but I, it just feels different than like when you meet your people and you're like, I will and, show you my butthole right yeah, now. I love yeah, you so much. Yeah. Elisa <laughs> and Michael Gunger yeah. are definitely. Yes. That was our flowers were opening and we started attracting these bees. Yep. So it's funny. My specific advice is start a podcast. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Start a podcast. I found my, my people That's through... That's how I make my friends. I found most of my people through a dance class that that like is also very mindful and wonderful. And then, I'm telling you, Katie Lowe's, who plays my wife on Smallwood, I was... Wa- and it also just happened on the shoot we were doing... For Magic the Gathering, remember I told I think I talked about this last time. Mm. I had ten minutes with this guy. Mm-hmm. He mentions he's a Buddhist. I talk about Byron Katie. He yeah. knows what I'm talking about. I'm like, this is trippy. Yeah. You start looking around for the strings on the marionettes, yeah. and you're like, this is crazy. But that's what happens. Like, the, I, I really believe this. Like the frequency changes. Yes, and then the, they start coming out of the woodwork. Obviously, it helps that I'm a. It's it's in my Wikipedia bio that like he leans spiritual like he, he loves talking about Jesus or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. That's helpful, but you're sending out signals in the book that you have in your bag or or, yeah. or the T-shirt that you wear. Like I have lots of Ram Dass T-shirts that I love to wear just to see where the bees are. Yes, as as, as Terrence McKenna said, find the others. Yeah, like, there are others. And then on the set of Smallwood. 
doing the most, and I say this with great love, but it's it's not like necessarily a spiritual environment to be on a set shooting a TV show. It's pretty worldly in a great way. Yeah. I really loved it. I was so surprised how much I loved it, even more than I thought I would. So then Katie's asking me about my podcast. And I'm like, do you, well, we talk a lot about spirituality. Do you know Eckhart Tolle? And she's like, oh, love Eckhart Tolle. And I was like, okay, that's that's pretty good. We get to Byron Katie. We get to Ramdas, And I'm like, what is going on here? Yeah. So someone that I'm going to be spending a lot of time with is into this stuff too. Mm-hmm. We just did her podcast. She loves you. Yeah. I was like, the bees. The I bees. Know. Yeah. It really is like once you start, you meet people and then they have friends that are like-minded. And then those friends have friends that are like-minded. And you really do just start. Like I like my rain partner. So obviously this is a very intimate thing that we have to do. You find one person to do the practice of rain with, which is your most difficult emotions. So it gets down to like your deepest stuff. And I just found the only person out of 2,500 people uh, who lived in my neighborhood. And we were instant friends, fast connection, mm. like going deep, feel so lucky that we found each other. And it's like, yeah, I guess if you're like... um you know, we happen to be the same age, living in the same, or this around the same age, living in the same neighborhood, doing the same training. We're probably going to have some things in common. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it is a little bit like, I would say, are you doing the things that you love to do? Because usually that's how you find people if they also love doing those things. Right. And I have to imagine classes are a great way. Yeah. And... Yeah. There's also something comforting that I find is that there are uh, very highly conscious, perhaps even enlightened people that just have absolutely no interest in broadcasting it. Uh You know what I mean? Like there's enlightened people in the theater at Kong versus Godzilla. You know what I mean? That just don't have the compulsion that I have. I'm an Mm -hmm. evangelical by nature. I don't mean evangelical Christianity. Mm -hmm. I mean, I like sharing. I get excited. Yeah. Look at the beginning of this podcast and now. This shit lights me up. Yeah. If I don't talk or listen or read about it or think about it or meditate or connect or whatever whatever gets me to the source, Mm -hmm. that's how I get very, very depressed. Like it's Mm -hmm. my biggest passion Far and away. It's it's lapped comedy many times by yeah, now. Yeah. And that's beautiful. And it's really helpful to go like, not everybody's like me blabbing and boring about it. Mm-hmm. Some of them are just at the grocery store. And honestly, a lot of the times when I'm finding conscious people, it's just in eye contact. It's just in like mm. a lightness of being mm. that you recognize something that they recognize in you. Yeah. And that's... I mean, that's good lovemaking, that's good friendship, that's yeah. good, like that connection, but it can happen at the grocery store. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. Just buying some margin. <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right. I have a great poem for us. Let's get to it and end this shit. <laughs> Shall you put a music on? Yeah, sure. You can say what it is again that people always are asking. This song? Yeah. Gymnopedi? Look at this picture I just opened to Leela's little painted nails. I can't handle it. Leela is the best, you guys. She's She's so great. Um, If you want to hear this song, go on Spotify or whatever and type in Eric Satie, E-R-I-K-S-A-T-I-E, and it'll be the most popular song. It's called Gymnopedi Number 1. But good luck telling Alexa to play Gymnopedi Number 1. Just say, play the most popular songs by Eric Satie, and it will play this song.
and you'll read a poem over it. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, I'm just realizing I don't know what this is called. <laughs> That's fine. So I'm just going to start reading it. Here we <laughs> go. Untitled by Who Knows. <laughs> no, it's by... How would you say that? Where? Shalon? Shalon Harkin. Shalon Harkin. Okay. The worst thing we ever did was put God in the sky out of reach. Pulling the divinity from the leaf. Sifting out the holy from our bones. Insisting God isn't bursting dazzlement through everything we've made a hard commitment to see as ordinary. Stripping the sacred from everywhere to put in a cloud man elsewhere, prying closeness from your heart. The worst thing we ever did was take the dance and the song out of prayer, made it sit up straight and cross its legs, removed it of rejoicing, wiped clean its hip sway, its questions, its ecstatic yell, its tears. The worst thing we ever did is pretend God isn't the easiest thing in the universe, available to every soul in every breath. I mean, <gasps> why have we ever... I mean, no disrespect to the other poems. That's the greatest <laughs> That's poem. That's the poem. That's the poem. My friend Ruthie Lindsay posted it. What's her last name? <laughs> Two first names. She's great. She's a great follow. Um, and God, it's just so perfect. It's the best. I love that. That's it. That's it. That's funny because Alan Watts' book called This Is It, the first page is all about the horrible sin, meaning missing the mark, of separating the sacred from the everyday. Mm-hmm. That's it. I love it. Nothing to add. I love it. Thank you for the questions. Love to everybody who asked, especially if we were kind of rough. Yeah. Uh, but it was all out of love. And the person who asked that question, I wouldn't play them this podcast per se. I would just maybe <laughs> paraphrase. paraphrase it. But don't just be like, listen to these two assholes. <laughs> like, I know. I also uh, love that's, y- that's y'all's business. We're just talking. I also love the, like, at the beginning of this podcast, you were like, you know, like, who are we to give any kind of answers? And by the end of it, we're like, you are a goddess. Do what you want. I know. I know. <laughs> We, you know, we like to have opinions. It's just kind of a little game we play. It's just a dance, baby. And Pete, you guys asked. <laughs> Pete in the hammock was like, I don't have anything to share. And then this Earth Pete loves to blab and bore. Yeah. All right, guys. We love you. Thank you for joining us. You're beautiful. You're divine. Keep it crispy. Motherfucker. <laughs> So crispy.